the chapter we've been kind of hanging out in, 2 Samuel chapter 23, 2 Samuel chapter 23. Today we'll look at verses 11 through 12, uh, the short video you just watched. That's Mark Batterson who wrote the book, uh, In a Pit with a Lion on a Snowy Day. That's the book we've been reading in preparation for revival, and we'll continue to read it. We'll read chapter 8 this week. Those of you who ordered the book and have it, and others, you can feel free to get it. But we're going to continue to, and the reason I wanted to do that, I wanted to have something we do together as we move up to revival but also uh, something to keep us kind of moving out of revival, moving from what we heard and experienced in revival. And so uh, that's kind of what we're talking about now. When we say lion chasers, the lion we're talking about, our lions, the the imagery we have is a lion is a God-ordained opportunity. Everybody say God-ordained. A God-ordained opportunity. So it's an opportunity that God has put before us or we find ourselves in. And the idea of chasing the lion is we want to go after that. We want to go after the opportunities that God gives us to love him, to love people, and to honor Christ, right? And so today, um, and of course, it's all based off of 2 Samuel 23 and with Benea. Benea chased a lion in a pit on a snowy day and killed it. And so that's kind of, Benea is kind of the, the big guy. But we got a different guy today. Got a different guy today. And so look at verse 11 in 2 Samuel chapter 23. And after him was Shema, or Shama, whichever way you want to say it, the son of Agi, the Hararite. And the Philistines were gathered together into a troop where there was a piece of ground full of lentils. Everybody say pea patch. Yeah, it's kind of like a pea patch. And uh, the people fled from the Philistines. But he, Shema, stood in the midst of the ground and defended it. And slew the Philistines, and the Lord wrought a great victory. Well, Shema was flourishing, wasn't he? <laughs> so we talked about this week. We talked about David um, uh, Franklin preached on flourishing as a Christian using the Lord's Prayer. And uh, so let's kind of think about that for a minute because the idea is that we will flourish, right? That we will have life in Jesus, life abundant in Christ. And so just listening to that doesn't mean you're flourishing, right? And so we started Sunday morning uh, with our Father who art in heaven, and we talked about looking up. To look up to a father. Now, if you're a Christian, if you've been saved, uh, Sunday night we talked about how he proved, God proved his love for us through the cross. You don't try to decide if God loves you or not by looking at a car accident, but by looking at the cross. And so we can look up knowing that our Abba Father wants to be your daddy. Desires that one sense and we look up into the eyes of a heavenly father who looks back with, with eyes of love. And then Monday night, we talked about what? On earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And uh, since we've been in here this morning, I said, Lord, on earth as it is in heaven. Right now in this service. And I trust that you're praying that every day. What a great way to flourish. What a great way to pray. Every day, Lord, in my children's life, on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, in my marriage, on earth as it is in heaven. God, with my relationships with the people I work with, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, right? I mean, that, that mean uh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Then give us this day our daily bread. What is that? We cry out, God, I can't live this life on my own. 
God, I need wisdom, and I need love, and I need encouragement, and I need perseverance, and I need patience. I need, Lord, I need you. Jesus is the living bread, right? And so we cry out, God, meet my needs today. Help me to know how to speak life into my children's life. Help me know how to share the gospel at work. Lord, help me know how to forgive when that comes up, which is the next thing, which was our last night on Wednesday night, that spiritual assessment, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So the question is this morning, are we flourishing? Are we flourishing more today than you were last Sunday? You see, the question is not, did you enjoy the revival? I hope you did, right? The question is not, did you enjoy David Barnes and David Franklin? I hope you enjoyed the brothers, David. The question is not, did you uh, feel the Holy Spirit? I hope you did. The question is, are we flourishing more today than we were last Sunday? Sunday, it's not a question of enjoying messages. It's a question of are we praying through this prayer that Jesus said to pray? It's a great opportunity for us to really start flourishing. And uh, the key, listen, guys, the key to flourishing is the right relationship with God. Can everybody say amen? amen. Your right relationship with God is the key to flourishing, and it, and it is flourishing. A couple of months ago, uh, Laura and the kids went to um, Universal Studios and, uh, for Joel's senior trip. And so she took Joel and, and Hannah Grace down there. And uh, I stayed here with the cat. Uh, Hannah Grace has a cat named Kimber, and uh, rather than um, her putting the cat to, uh, uh, you know, to be boarded for a whole week and that kind of thing, I said, well, I'll, I'll watch after the cat. And so the cat liked to help me study. Uh, you see a picture of him here. Uh, this is Kimber. You see my computer? And Kimber's helping me study. That's what he likes to do. He loves a computer. Every day I try to just study, and there's Kimber on, on the computer. So uh, on this particular day, especially, uh, after Kimber helped me study, and I told him I needed to study by myself for a little bit, and so I got him off the computer. Uh, any of you have a computer, and even if you don't, you probably can understand this, uh, there's a little arrow on the screen. And if you see right where Kimber's paws are, that's called a touchpad. And so you move your finger on that touchpad, and the arrow goes across your screen where you can put it where you want it, and type where you want to type. And so after Kimber left, uh, my little arrow disappeared. And I'm like, well, rats, what did you do, Kimber? And uh, he didn't, he said Hannah Grace did it. And, <laughs> and so I looked, I, couldn't, I couldn't find my little pointer anywhere. So I got on Google, you know, how to find my pointer, um, did through all that, went through settings, tried to find the pointer, reset the pointer settings and all that kind of stuff. Y'all, I... <laughs> I probably spent 30 minutes trying to find a stupid pointer <laughs> so I could do God's work. <laughs> and um, somehow, someway, I don't even remember now how it dawned on me. I think I might have did it by accident. It dawned on me it wasn't the pointer. The touchpad got disabled. And see, without the touchpad, the pointer doesn't work. The pointer responds to the touchpad. It's just a representation of what's happening here on the touchpad. The, the pointer, it wasn't the issue. Then once I enabled the touchpad, there was a pointer, and it, working, it was working just right. Here's what, I want to, here's what I'll tell you that story this morning. The key for you is your heart and your relationship with God. The key to me 
It's not the things that are happening in my life. The key to flourishing is my relationship with God. That is the key to it all. And that's the key to flourishing. And that's the key to being a lion chaser after the God opportunities that he brings us to have that right relationship with him. We talked about a guy named Shema today. Uh, don't really know a whole lot about Shema, but it, it, I mean, obviously he's flourishing, right? When you defend your pea patch against an entire troop of Philistines, you're, you're kind of flourishing. I mean, you're doing pretty well in your, in your walk with Christ. We don't really know why. Don't really know why Shema did that that particular day. We don't know if, you know, maybe he'd been run out a bunch of times. He's tired of giving up his pea patch. We don't know if his family depended on this for their sustenance. We don't know if he sent something from God that this was his opportunity uh, that day. But somehow, some way, God enabled him to do that. You know, I mean, obviously, because the Bible says, and the Lord, everybody say the Lord. The Lord wrought a great victory. I mean, a little like Shema did because he's the guy fighting, but it's God in him. It's the right relationship in him that God works through. Now, it's interesting that God told Shema, this is, or somehow he enabled Shema to defend his pea patch, this pea patch right here. Now, listen, guys, I don't know what yours is, but everybody has God ordained opportunity this week. Not to save the whole world. God didn't ask Shema to save the whole world. But he does bring opportunities your way and my way to represent Jesus well, to live with and for Christ. God ordained opportunities that we don't want to run away from. But say, see, Benea, here's the thing about it. Benea chased a lion into a pit on a snowy day and killed it. Nobody would have blamed Benea if he had run away. That's what you do with lions, right? Nobody would have blamed Benea if, um, if he would have kind of backed off of that. Nobody would have blamed Benea if he had played it safe. But Benea was willing to take a risk. Shema was willing to take a risk on God that God was in this. Let me tell you something, folks. God is in the opportunities that he brings your way. And if you're going to grab the opportunities, you're going to chase after the opportunities, you're going to reach out for the opportunities that God has for you. Don't worry about what he has for somebody else. What God has for you, it's going to be a little bit risky. It's going to be some risk involved. That's why the first line of the Lion Chasers Manifesto, Mark Batterson, who wrote In a Pit with a Lion on a Snowy Day, that was him saying that a minute ago. The first sentence in the Lion Chasers Manifesto that he said was what? Quit living as if the purpose of life is to arrive safely at death. I think that's the way a lot of people live, just get through. Just make it through. Just don't get hurt. Don't get embarrassed. Don't look silly. Don't let people think bad about you. Don't let anybody say anything bad about you and just arrive safely at death. Really? That's not, that's not the goal of a lion chase. That's not the goal of a Jesus follower. It involves some risk. And I love what, he, what, he, what Batterson says. It involves grabbing opportunity by the mane, the mane of a lion, right? Because sometimes it looks a little bit scary. Sometimes it's a intimidating. Sometimes it has some downside to it. But listen, it's grabbing opportunity by the main and not letting go. So I mentioned three things about this idea of risk and grabbing your God opportunities. Okay, three things about these risks and grabbing the God opportunities that we're all going to need if we're going to be this way. First of all, number one, we need to have a go attitude. Everybody say go attitude. Hey, too many people have a stop attitude. <laughs> they, they don't want to get in anything over their head. They, you know, the attitude they have in following Jesus is you got to stop drinking. 
and stop doing drugs and stop cursing and stop gossiping and stop being critical of others and stop cheating. And by the way, those are all really good ideas. Amen? Somebody say it's a really good idea. That's a good idea. Yeah, don't, you know, don't, don't do those things, okay? Those, those are bad ideas. But here's the thing. Too many Christians stop with a stop attitude. Instead of having a go attitude, Jesus said what? Go into all the world. Or as you're going, as you go about the, your day, you're going to have some opportunities. And we need to have the idea of I'm going. I'm saying yes. Whatever God brings my way, it's a yes from me. You see, stopping is stopping the insects from getting into your garden. If you've got a, a garden, you want the insects not to get in the middle of that and eat them up. But you still, you can't stop with a stop attitude. You've got to have a go attitude. I wonder how many of us today came to church with an attitude of, Lord, I'm gonna, I want a go attitude. Whatever you put in my way, whatever you ask me, whatever you tell me, whatever sense I have that this is you nudging me, I am going after your opportunity. So many times, we live more stop than we do go. Think about it this way. When people take a trip, we, we, went, we took a vacation um, a few weeks ago. And, um, and please, don't, uh, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not being critical. But do you know what most people pray for when you go on a trip? Traveling grace, safe travels, right? Safe travels, traveling grace. Yeah, but I hope you have a safe trip. See, and that's good. I want to have safe travels, don't you? Amen? Don't want to have a wreck. Don't want to, don't want to have tar trouble. Don't want to have anything go wrong, all that kind of stuff. But the goal was not to have a safe trip because stayed home. <laughs> stayed home and a lot safer, right? The goal was to have fun. <laughs> the goal was for Laura and I to spend some time together. And the goal was for us to be, to, to see the splendor of God in a place we hadn't been before. And so when somebody travels, why don't we pray that they have loads of fun? Why don't we pray they have meaningful conversations? Why don't we pray they have opportunities to chase the lion? Why don't we pray they have opportunities to be awed by God? That's the kind, that's the go attitude. You see, if you play it safe, if you live your whole life playing it safe, you never get the date. You, she never says yes to your marriage proposal. You just play it safe. You never get the degree. You never get the help you need. You never win anybody to Jesus if all you do is play it safe. You never help anyone experience Jesus deeper if you just play it safe and you end up with regrets of what could have happened had I truly followed Jesus and stopped just playing it safe. Oh, Shema, man, he didn't have a stop attitude, did he? Look in verse 12, New Century Version. But Shema stood in the middle of the field, fought for it, killed the Philistines, and the Lord gave a great victory. I don't know how many people he had to fight, but it says a troop. And it must have been a bunch because the Lord wrought what kind of victory? Great victory, right? A great victory. So he was obviously well overmatched, obviously no retreat in his heart. Obviously, he wanted to go forward with God. So let me ask you something. Are you willing to say, God, I have a go attitude today? If you have a go attitude, say it's me. All right, I hope it's more than that after we get through today, all right? <laughs> you see, friend, are you ready to take a risk? Are you ready to say, Lord, I don't want to miss out any blessing you have for me? I don't miss out on any opportunity. I don't want to miss out on anybody that you have for me to love and to speak life and to speak love and to share the gospel with. You see, oftentimes the good is the enemy of the great. 
just living a good life, just kind of easing through, just kind of not sinning too bad, you know, just kind of, you know, just kind of living a good life. But man, why don't you go for all that God has for you? Why don't you go after every opportunity? Why don't you be willing to take a risk and say, man, my fear of missing out is greater than my fear of messing up? What do people say a lot of times when they have a chance to share their faith, they have a chance to give somebody some money, have a chance to pray with somebody, have a chance to invite somebody to church? A lot of times they say things like, ah, I'm afraid I wouldn't do it right. Afraid I'd mess it up. Afraid I wouldn't know. I don't know enough Bible verses. Afraid they might ask me a question that I, I might not know. Why don't you have the heart to say, "I'm more afraid of missing out than I am messing up." <laughs> I'm afraid that it might. I'm too afraid that it might go well not to try. <laughs> I'm too afraid that God's going to ring a great victory not to try. Okay, listen to what Batterson said. I love this one of my favorite quotes out of chapter six and seven. We read, we read the last two weeks. Obedience is a willingness to do whatever, whenever, wherever God calls us. How about an amen to that one? It's pretty good, right? Obedience is a willingness. To do whatever, whenever, wherever God calls us. So for you, it may be praying about being a foster parent. It may be praying about God building your family through adoption. It may be ending a relationship or starting a relationship. For you, it may be about asking about a Bible study where you go to school or where you work at. We've got people in our church that lead Bible studies at schools and, and, and at work. And so you could do that as well, perhaps. Maybe that. It may be showing up for Sunday school. It may be inviting somebody to youth group. The greatest risk may be taking no risk. <laughs> I love what Batterson said. He said one of their core values at their church is playing it safe is risky. Playing it safe is risky. Why? You miss out on some of the cool things God has for you. So let's develop a go attitude. Everybody say go. go. So the weekly growth suggestion this week is read chapter 8 in a pit with a lion on a snowy day. Read over the lion chaser's manifesto every day. And here's the thing. Embrace one risky thing God's probably calling you to do. Most of us are going to have, especially if you pray for it, most of us are going to have an opportunity this week Say something, give something, be somewhere, show up somewhere for somebody. Are you willing to say right now, Lord, whatever it is that has a, a little bit of a risk to it, I'm going to say yes. I got a go attitude. Mark Batterson, I think it's in the book that we're reading, talks about a time when National Community Church was trying to open up a coffee house. And um, a little bit of a risky thing because they had to have... Um, had to have the community support behind it, so they had a community meeting, and at that community meeting, they were going to call it Ebenezer's, Ebenezer's Coffee House, and uh, so far, the Lord has helped me, is what Ebenezer's means, and at that coffee house, uh, I mean, at that, at that community meeting, they asked him, somebody asked him, what does Ebenezer's mean, and he said, it means so far, so good. He said, it's not what it meant. What our motto was, so far, so God. He said, but I chickened out. A couple of weeks before that, they had had an eggs extravaganza uh, that they um, did at a local park somewhere or another. The church did it, got their, all the permits for it, paid for it, supported it. They, 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 it was their church's deal. Just like we're doing a, a, um, a fall festival, they did an eggs extravaganza for Easter. And there was a, but one lady there, one lady kind of, <laughs> she, she complained because they were talking about Jesus too much. And Mark said, well, 
you know, our church is sponsoring this. And it is about Easter. <laughs> so we've got all our permits. We're the one funding everything. And so, and so anyway, she kind of kind of gave me a hard time about it. Y'all talk about Jesus way too much. She was at the community meeting. And that's why he said, I said, so far, so good. Because I didn't want to antagonize her. And I chickened out. And he said, what, what, he said, I could have got really, he said, I'll, I, I confess that to God. I apologize to God. I realize I missed an opportunity. But I love what he said. I love what he said. He said, instead of getting just caught up in a funk of guilt, he said, I could have beat myself up for chickening out, but I channeled that regret into a new resolve to chase the lion whenever it could cross my path. I decided I would never chicken out again. So number one, go attitude. Number two is a gracious acceptance. I mean, number two is, a God, is God's armor. Number two is God, number three is gracious acceptance. Number two is God's armor. Here's the thing. If we're going to take a risk, we need to be ready. We need to be ready. The Lord's Prayer, one of the things it says in the Lord's Prayer is what? Deliver us from evil. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Why is it risky? Because you have an enemy. You have somebody who goes about like a roaring lion, Satan, the devil, who tries to intimidate you, who tries to back you down, who tries to get you to, to weenie out, to chicken out, to not be the good person God wants you to be. He wants you to have a no attitude. In fact, what he usually whispers in my ear is a later attitude. Because it's hard, you know, it's hard to say no, Lord. You know, I mean, we do, but, you know, but I feel a little better about myself if I say not today, Lord. And delayed obedience is disobedience, right? And so he, he whispers later, he whispers no, whispers you're going to wish you hadn't done this. Let's give you an example. Perhaps you get maybe your opportunities to invite somebody to church. You feel like it's a little risky. And so you invite somebody to church and they say, well, what in the world would I want to go to some old church for on Sunday? It's my only day to sleep in. I hear that some, you know. It's my only day to sleep in. It's like, good night. We have it at 11 o'clock. <laughs> you know, it's not like the crack of dawn. And we have it at 6 o'clock on Sunday night. Surely you're up going about 6 o'clock on, on Sunday night. But anyway, you know what they say. Why would I go to some old church? I can, I can sleep in on Sunday morning. All they want is your money anyway, a bunch of hypocrites. Nah, yeah, yeah. And so maybe they make you feel bad about it. Maybe they make you feel like, ah, I didn't, maybe I didn't do so well. But here's the thing. If you did that with love in your heart, God's pleased that you reached out. Don't beat yourself up because somebody else has a bad relationship with God or they took their bad relationship out with God on you. Just understand that all you got to do is say, well, I, you know, it does a lot for me. I enjoy that. It helps me. It helps me in my marriage, my parenting, things like that. God can other people can help you kind of formulate uh, things to say about that. But Satan wants you, he wants to use that against you. God wants to use that to grow you. He wants to make you feel bad. Satan wants to make you feel bad about doing doing something good. One person said, Satan wants to scare the heaven out of you. <laughs> Amen. Satan's trying to scare the heaven out of you. And so what do we do? We pray, Lord, deliver us from the evil one. God, don't let me give in to his lies. Don't let me give in to his temptations. Don't let, don't let me give in to his compromises. I got a go attitude and I've got God's armor on. There's seven pieces to the armor. I won't Obviously, I have time to do all this, but it's the belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness, the gospel of peace, 
The shield of faith, helmet of salvation, sword of the spirit, and prayer. Let me mention two things to help you with this idea of the armor of God. Number one, pray. Number one, pray, pray, God, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. Ephesians 6, verse 18, and pray, this is part of the spiritual armor, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of God's people. Sounds like praying is praying for some go opportunities. Is that what it says? Pray that we would have an open door. Pray that we could speak the gospel as, you, as God wants us to speak it. And so part of praying is praying, Lord, praying for some lions to chase, some God-ordained opportunities. God, show me the opportunity. The second part of it is obedience, right? The belt of truth. Live, live truth, speak truth, believe truth, helmet of salvation. Think about things from the perspective of a saved person. You know, this, uh, the, the, the armor of God is just not something to think about. It's a way of living, the breastplate of righteousness. Lord, when Satan tries to discourage you with your sins from your past, you just thank God that you're forgiven and you live in a practical righteousness that backs up your testimony. And so you pray, gosh, give me opportunities. And then you say, Lord, I've got a go attitude, all right? I'm going with whatever you show me. Lion Chasers Manifesto, grab opportunity by the mane and don't let go. I love what one person wrote, not a day goes by, watch this guys, not a day goes by that we don't have an opportunity to love, an opportunity to serve, an opportunity to give, or an opportunity to learn. Seeing these and grabbing these opportunities by the main and refusing to let go is flourishing. You see what happens to me too many times is I pray, Lord, show me my opportunity for the day. God, bring me a divine appointment. God, help me to see something. Help me to hear your voice, that, that, that heavenly nudge to say something, do something, give something, show up somewhere or another. And then God does. And uh, I know that I'm the only one ever does this. I know you're way too spiritual to ever do this. But sometimes I'll say, well, you know, that wasn't who I had in mind. <laughs> and I know I really wasn't where <laughs> I had in mind. It really wasn't when <laughs> I had in mind you know I had a better I had something different in mind and here's how Christians excuse here's how Christians excuse it yeah it's really not my gifting you know you don't have to have a lot of gifting to sit on the back of a car and hand candy out <laughs> God doesn't have to hit you in the head with a two by four for you to feel led to do that okay so it doesn't take a whole lot of gifting to look at a child and say hey we're so glad you're here today we want you to have a positive experience here or we say Christians will say something like well I'm too busy or that's really not my thing that's really not my calling I haven't felt led to do that we excuse way too many opportunities right off the table when we ought to just be willing to say God I want to go with you I want to take the opportunities and go. Mark Batterson said, think of every opportunity as a gift from God and what you do with that opportunity is your gift back to God. I was listening to a podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago. A guy named Donnie Shell. Donnie Shell played for the Pittsburgh Steelers, part of the Steel Curtain. Uh, played in the secondary for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Five-time Pro Bowler, four-time Super Bowl champion. Uh, was inducted uh, just recently, not too long ago, into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Donnie Shell could lower the boom on a receiver. Uh, he was a tough, tough, tough guy, hard-hitting guy. What I didn't know and what Donnie Shell uh, uh, shared about was 
I think it was during his rookie season, right before the uh, AFC championship game. Man, he's living his life, right? He's playing uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're playing for the AFC championship game. Uh, he's starting. He's doing well. And he said, that night, as I sat in my room, there was just such an emptiness. And I couldn't figure it out. He said, I just... I said, man, I should be happy. I should be on top of the world. I should be, man, I should be going here. And I just, I just felt unsettled and unhappy and like meaning of all this. So he got up, got out of his bed, went down to the coffee shop and uh, met a guy down there and they started talking. And uh, he said, for, he said, I don't know why, but for some reason, you know, he's like, this guy's, you know, just different for me in so many ways. But I don't know, for some reason, I, he guy asked me how I'm doing. It's like, I'm really not doing that great. He's like, really, what's going on? He said, well, yeah, I'm playing football. I don't feel fulfilled. And, and he said, it was, it was just weird that I would open up to this guy I'd never met before. And the guy said, I think I have something that might help you. He said, see, the problem is you're trying to fulfill your heart with football, and only God can fill your heart. And he said, Donnie, the problem is you sinned and missed God. Fall short. Wages of sin is death. Shared the gospel. And Donnie Shell prayed to receive Christ. And he said that emptiness started going away. He said, I saw a sense of peace and a sense of, of fulfillment uh, started coming to my life. And he said, I can mark that point as the day that my life changed. The next day, he went to chapel. Uh, at a, Pittsburgh had a chapel service before the football game. And that guy was the chapel speaker. <laughs> <laughs> the guy he randomly meets in the coffee shop the night before is the chapel speaker. And he asked, he asked the guy, he said, why did you talk to me like that? He said, Donnie, every day I pray, God, give me an opportunity to tell somebody about you. Every day I pray for divine appointments. Lions, right? <laughs> I pray for a God-ordained opportunity. And when you walked in and started talking, I knew that was my God-ordained opportunity that day. Will you start praying that way this week? God, give me an opportunity. God, give me a divine appointment. And when you do, I am going to go for it. Which is the last point today, is which is a gracious acceptance. A gracious acceptance. You see, we have that go attitude, put on God's armor, we're praying, we're ready to obey. And then when that opportunity comes our way, we say what? Yes, Lord. Everybody say yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yeah, see, you're good at it. Yes, Lord. I, I, tomorrow morning, I get up, I look up to God, and I say, thank you, Daddy. Thank you so much for forgiving my sins. Thank you for being my heavenly Daddy. Now, on earth as it is in heaven, your kingdom come, your will be done. And Lord, I can't do it on my own, so give me daily bread. Give me the wisdom. Give me the Give me the ability to sense your presence, the ability to sense those opportunities. Help me, Lord, to recognize where you're working at. God, give me daily bread. Lord, where I mess up, please forgive. If there's anything in my life that's not right with you, Lord, fix, help my heart to be right with you. I want to repent. of every, I want to be a daily repenter. Everything that's wrong in my heart, I turn it over to you. And then whatever, God brings those opportunities your way, you just say what? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I want to go with you. I want to go with you. I want, to, I want to grab the opportunity by the mane and not let go. So would you do like the guy that talked to Donnie Shell and say, Lord, would you show me a divine opportunity? Would you show me? It may be something really, really small. Maybe something's kind of scary. Don't, don't worry about it. Just accept whatever it is God brings your way and say, yes, Lord, I want to follow you. I heard somebody say that, I'm close with this. I heard somebody say this a couple of weeks ago, and it's really, 
really been helpful for me. That's a sort of a mental image. That's what the guy said. He said, I try to think every day, and especially when I get into a uh, situation that's hard, situation that's difficult. He said, I, I try to think that Jesus is standing there, and he's got his hand out, and he's saying to me, would you take my hand and let me show you how to do this? Would you take my hand and let me live this with you? Follow me. Follow me. I've got the wisdom. I've got the love. I've got the strength. I've got what you need. But you've got to take my hand. Would you just take my hand and then just say, yes, Lord, and walk with me through this situation? Would you stand, please, with heads bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around? So we bow in prayer this morning. Lisa's going to come to the piano and she's going to play something softly in just a minute when she uh, gets set. Dear, just go ahead and stand to your feet. And I don't know what your situation is today. I don't know what the opportunities are. Maybe you had a difficult situation in your life. Maybe God's put someone on your heart that you need to share Christ with or put something on your heart that he really wants you to do. Maybe God spoke to you in revival this last week. And you made a promise to God or you, something you knew you need to start doing and stop doing and just hadn't done it yet. Can you see Jesus holding his hand out to you today saying, take my hand and let me walk you through this. Follow me, obey me, stay close to me, take my hand. I know the way through this. I know how to do this the best way. Would you follow me? Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that we'd be so infatuated with your love that we would just be full of go attitudes all across this church, looking for opportunities to shine your light, looking for opportunities to share your love, looking for ways to bring glory to Jesus. With heads bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around, Lisa, play softly. Maybe you need to come to this office.